as always, your host, Finley Baxter, and I'm joined today by Sherry Anderson and Dina Smith, the beating heart of OKG Credentialing. Friends. Okay, so today's scripture is, comes from 2 Timothy 2 2, and it says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will be qualified to teach others. Now, there are many women in this district who, while they may not have titles or credentials to their names, they certainly live up to this particular verse of entrusting others with the word of God, with the gospel, and teaching them to teach it to others, even though they may not be, maybe have the most visible position within their churches or within their communities. You know, these are the these are the mamas, you know, who are visiting people in the hospitals and the nursing homes and the women in the church kitchens and the nursery ladies and the the youth ministers and the the children's ministers and all the volunteers who just show up each Sunday to make sure that people will understand the word of God. And to all of you, I want you to know that you are loved and you are seen. And it's to you that I'm speaking today, as well as really any other woman who feels the call of God in her life, leading her towards ministry or who may be thinking of taking the, taking the next step in her credentialing, her credentialing process. Sorry. I have here with me today, Dina Smith and Sherry Anderson, two women who have forgotten more than I will ever know about credentialing and a theological education. So welcome, Sherry and Dina. So if you could introduce yourself and uh, tell us about what you do with the OKG district and for how long have you been doing this? So Sherry? I'm Cherry Anderson. I have been working at the district for about 12 years. I work with the Oklahoma School of Ministry, so the educational part of credentialing. Um, so a lot, most of the students usually kind of start with me and go through the educational process. And then once they, they meet the requirements for whatever level, if it's certified, license, or ordination, then they finish that, and then they'll start the, pro, the credentialing process with Dina. All right. And that brings us to Dina. Okay, well, I'm Dina Smith. I'm a credentialing specialist for the Oklahoma District Council. I've been in this position probably 16 years, I think. I started out as a volunteer with the Women's Ministries Department, Linda Stamps Dismore, and one thing led to another, and I was offered the position of processing credentials. I had been in the School of Ministry, had been taking some courses not thinking about being credentialed. That wasn't really my point. It was just for the education. But one thing led to another. I'll get into that later about why the credentialing part of it became so important to me. I love it. So, you know, that brings me to my next question. Tell me about your own journey with spiritual and theological education, because I was born into a a Christian uh, context where, as a woman, Theological education and like ministerial credentialing wasn't really even offered as an option to me. It hadn't occurred to me that that could be available to me as a person or as a woman until I was well into womanhood. So tell me about your journey, Sherry, with spiritual education, theological education and credentialing. Okay, I was was not raised in the church. Um, I kind of kind of married into it. As far as the educational re- requ- you know part of it is that I started being called for God from God to be prepared be prepared for what? I didn't know. But part of it was, as I think is, is that it helped me a lot to grow spiritually because you have the Bible, but sometimes you need something else to help you to expand your knowledge or understanding and revelation of what the scripture is. So when I approached the the classes, it was more for an enrichment um, and a closer walk with God because all these books, that's what they're geared for. The school is geared to help you to to go to more deeper maturity because once you're saved, when you're saved, you're, you're just a babe. 
babe. So a lot of times you're reading the, 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 the Bible, and a lot of it is, is that you don't have an understanding. So educational or seeking and for other information to go along with the Bible really helps to reinforce and strengthen that. So I was just kind of on a journey to be prepared. Like I said, I didn't know. I had had no clue. Um, it took me a little while to get the first level done because life adventures and hiccups along the way. <laughs> um, so it took me about probably about probably about six years to finish level one. So I went from <laughs> old Berean to new Berean, which, hey, I did Life of Christ three times, but that's okay. Different books, you know, it gives you different knowledge. And so then after that, I, I got my license. Now I finished with my my um, educational courses, but I had no idea, you know, if I was going to go ever beyond licensing. My my goal is afterwards was getting a closer picture that for some reason, because I was doing the Sunday, Sunday school superintendents at our, our local church. So for me, teaching was my heart's desire. I had finished my ordination and classes, and then I really didn't was gonna, wasn't going to go for ordained, but then um, got a little push from Brother Goins that says, I really would like you to teach, but you can't really teach th- at the school of ministry unless you're ordained. That's fair. So that was kind of my walk. I like it. What about you, Dina? Well, my journey began when I was serving as WM coordinator at my church, which I thought WMs was going to be my future in ministry. I had a three-point calling on my life. One was to be better educated, one was to be a better speaker, and one was to stay involved in WMs. About two weeks after that calling, they started offering the Berean courses at my school, and like Sherry said, it was the old Berean. But I only was doing it for the education I started in, and one thing, I got about halfway through, and I talked to my husband, what should I do? I'm about halfway through. You need to finish. Same thing with license. And during this time, I had begun processing credentials at the district. So when I got through with license level, I got about halfway through ordination and decided I don't need to be doing this. I'm working with all of the students. It's not really necessary. But on game days, when we would talk with them, our what we would always tell them, if you're going to start certified, you need to go on to license. You need to finish license and go on to ordination. And God very plainly told me, don't be telling them to do something you're not willing to do yourself. So that was the awakening. I needed to finish, which was really a good thing because I finished up with the hundredth year. And so that was very memorable to do that. But I think I had never planned on what I would do in ministry, because I thought to hold credentials, you needed to be a pastor, a preacher, or an evangelist. And I knew that wasn't my calling. My calling was to encourage those that did have that call on their life. And by working with each of the applicants, I was able to do that. I had a close relationship with each one of them. I knew things that had watched them go through the journey to get where they were, knew the calling God had placed on their life. And it was a very eye-opening experience because ministry takes so many different forms. It's not just those three categories. And if you think about like what you were talking about, all the people in the church and what they're doing, you're all involved in ministry of some sort. To be involved in ministry, you don't have to hold credentials. That's not 
a requirement. But if you want to have that covering, if you want to show the world where you are and what you've accomplished and how God is using you, credentials are very important to that. Many churches, especially if you're going to be a, a pastor, associate pastor, etc., require credentials. Some the, the requirements may be certified, may be licensed, may be ordained. So it's always better just to go through all three levels and be prepared for whatever God may call you to. Many times I've seen them come in, well, I've been called to preach at this church and this church wants me to come in, but I'm not ordained. So then it's, okay, well, let's get you ordained. Let's meet that requirement. So, and then also I work with a lot of other people that are coming in from our various AG universities and other universities that are approved by general counsel. So it's been a very eye-opening experience about the calling on people's lives because they're so different and so varied. We're not all alike. I like it. And I like what you brought up about uh, credentials giving you sort of the freedom to work as you need to within the church sphere or beyond because, you know, you have that call of God on your life. You have that God-given authority, but you also have for lack of a better word, the credentials to convince the men around you too, or in the women. And I like that. It kind of gives you the freedom to maneuver as you need to. So on that note, tell, I want you to each tell me about a woman, specifically a woman in ministry, whom you have seen go through the school of ministry, go through Berea and go through all, all of this journey of credentialing and, and ordaining and all that, and has just done something really, really, really cool with it. So, Dina, do you want to start? To narrow that down to one person would be so very, very difficult. I've had the privilege of working with people that have gone on amazing journeys to reach their credentials. One that will stand out to me, it's a personal friend of mine for over 30 years, and she and I were seat mates in choir years and years ago. That's how we met, was in choir. And later on, she lost her husband. She had, a, she had a degree from another university. And she came to me and we were talking. She said, I feel like I've been called to work with widows. Her husband had passed away. And I thought, that is really great. I can see a need for that. But I thought, that really doesn't affect me until about two or three years later when I lost my husband. So then the widow's link really became personal to me. She went ahead and finished up her ordination. Now she's a missionary associate for widow's ministry. And I've been just amazed by her. She travels around to different churches and helps set up that's this organization in their church ministers to untold women who are going through this journey. It is something that I never wanted to be a part of, but now that I am, it's so vital. And that's, I'm, I'm really impressed with her and her journey and what she's done, how she'll be helping so many, many women through this process. I love it. What about you, Sherry? Well, I mean, it's it's like Dina. How do you narrow it down to when? When you've been doing it for as long as we've had, I mean, doing the school of ministry for like 12 years, there's been so many. But I think um, I think what's astounding is, is that sometimes 
we cannot, because of course we cannot see God's full picture. So when you see people who come in, they're kind of like the glassy eye, you know, like, okay, I'm excited, I'm excited. And they get it and like, okay, now what am I supposed to do with it? And I think um, at that point, you can, you can kind of, you just kind of have to set back and just say, okay, God, I'm going to turn it over to you. You told me to get to this point. Now you take me to the next point. And I, it's, it's, it's amazing to watch where people let go, and then God pulls them in where he wants them, and they're yielded vessels, and then their ministry just blossoms, and they're just like, I don't know how this did. It's just God is, is getting you there. Um, I think the best thing is for me is, is watching them to reach that potential. But now missionaries, it's amazing where people, I mean, I have a relative that she started out, she's licensed, and I kept telling her, it's like, you know, you really should get your ordination. And she goes, no, no. I says, well, you really can't take a post unless you get an ordination. You know, it's kind of like this this thing in the Constitution and bylaws. You cannot hold a, a missionary post unless you're ordained. And she's like, oh, no, no. And then, voila, she got married. And then, voila, she's she was seeking her own post. So, you know, God, you can't put God in a box. Always go ahead and, and complete it because you don't know where you're going to be. And it's sad sometimes when we have to step back and wait because we didn't complete so then you're having to do an extra waiting period because you you just didn't complete the, the call. You're just like thinking, oh, this is enough. This is all I have to go. Where God is, if you will go ahead and complete it, God is going to do more than your expectations. Amen. I love that. And again, on that that note, what is it that you think tends to hold most women back from completing their credentials? Um. I think it's some of them. It, it's just it's just they can't see beyond. They think, well, I only need this. They can, you know, I can work within this parameters. They they want to kind of put it in a box. A lot of times, it's it's uh, because women also have they have the family side, they have the kids side. So sometimes they they just get to a certain level and go, oh, well, you know, I can't really exceed because I have I have too many ha- you know too many irons in the fire. And um, so they, they kind of hold back or they just they just kind of quit at that point. Um, I think with it's, you know, with the school, with students, I think the main thing about it is, is that and just people in general, when you're looking at the school, what is the school for? The school is for equipping, equipping what we're all called. Everybody who comes who who receives Christ in their lives, they're called to be to go out with the Great Commission. So what is the school for? Is to equip, equip all people to be able to go out and meet the call. And it, it may be that you'll never hold credentials, but you can have what you give the confidence, which I think that's where a lot of people are, even with women, even when they're in ministry, it's a lack of confidence. Um, as a Sunday school superintendent in a local church, a lot of times just getting people to be Sunday school teachers is is just like pulling teeth, mainly because they don't feel adequately prepared or equipped to handle preaching, or I mean not preaching, but teaching the Word of God, because maybe their 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 word knowledge isn't up to par, and so they just they lack that confidence. When when you when you get deeper into your walk with the Lord, when you get deeper into His Word and deeper with other things, it builds that confidence and self-esteem to be able to say, yeah, I can tell other people, you know, with the word of God, I can explain it. I can go forward in it. So... See, I love that. Also, side note, this this is kind of like a tangent, but I would just like to give a shout out to all the people 
who specifically like I can't speak to I cannot speak to the lives of every female minister. But as a female minister, I can tell you that the fact that people took the time to explain the word, even if they maybe necessarily didn't feel the most qualified, was what made it so that I was able to fight off the lies of the enemy, fight off temptation, fight off just all sorts of dookie when I got to college. It was that foundation that had been built within me by people who loved me enough to teach, by people who loved people my age enough to put up with with our shenanigans long enough to just fill us with the word of God, who loved us enough to overlook all of the insults that we gave them, overlook all of the the um, the chaos that we put them through because they wanted to to instill a deposit of Holy Spirit gospel within our souls. So ladies, like I I know that a lot of opportunities to tend to like not come around for us, but if you have the opportunity to teach a kid, particularly a kid around the age of middle school, about the the glory and the power and the love of Jesus Christ, all you have to do is just open your mouth because God wants that kid to know him way more than you do. And like, I don't know how to break this to you in a way that's, you know, gentle and kind, but it was never about your ability in the first place. Like if you're, if you are depending on your abilities, then you are not going to get far at all because we are fragile, frail creatures and you will never be wiser than the Holy Spirit. So all you have to do is listen because the most powerful tool in your ministerial teaching arsenal is just your obedience other than like, if you can just obey, you'll be okay. It's going to be fine. Just, just, just take the step. If you feel that Holy Spirit nudge, just, just walk. What's going, what's, what's God going to do? Drop you in the middle of nowhere and go, bye. Like, that's, that, that's not how God works. God's not just, God's not just going to like put you on stage and go like, hey, 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 hey. now suffer. That's, like, <laughs> that's not how God works. No. Like, I know that's what the enemy wants you to think, but like, that's, that's, that is some, uh, that's some dookie right there, my friends. That's, nope. Hard no. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you except nine. Yet. But, you, <laughs> but you also have to feed. You also the, have you to feed. Have, you have to feed the Holy Spirit. And by feeding it means it's that you're into the word of God or into to seeking his knowledge because he pulls from what you obtain. If because Sunday school teachers, you know, you have you have 30 minutes, but you have with a with a t- with with kindergartners, you only have really five, have to, <laughs> yeah, five minutes. But you have so you have to you may be prepping and prepping and prepping and only use half of it. But the problem the one thing about it is is that when you're prepping you have no idea who your audience is but the holy spirit does but if you don't have it in there you can't pull it out so he knows to whom's going to be in front of you and crossing your path so by by being ready in season and out of season as paul says being into the word and knowing then at that moment when your paths cross you're allowed through the holy spirit to just open up and, and release it's like a basketball player shooting free throws every day for every day for like eight hours, and then like he needs to shoot a free throw during a game. He's fine. He's he's done it a million times before. He didn't have to worry about it. Second nature. Second nature. I always thought that as a pastor of a church, I would think it would be advantageous if all of their key personnel, their associate pastors, their teachers, youth leaders, childrens, had the knowledge of the school of ministry, whether they ever got credentialed or not, it would be to their advantage to have that training and that knowledge to be able to fulfill their positions. 
honestly, yeah. Like none of the courses are going to hurt them. None of the it's, like, it's, it's oh the no. word of God. Like, oh no, no you have yeah. to study the Bible. How sad. <laughs> it's not like we do that during Bible study in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, no. Shout out to pastors. Like if maybe maybe uh, plug the school of ministry a little fairly often to people like as like. I don't care if they're in elementary school and say like, Hey, this is an option for you. I'm not saying it's the option, but it is an option for you. So Dina, what, what would you say is the main thing that keeps women from uh, pursuing their credentials or, or completing them? Probably just, I don't know that I could really say what it is. I know maybe they don't think they can do it. Maybe they feel like as a woman that they, wouldn't have a place in that. Um, I never felt that way, but I was in a church that was very, uh, they really nurtured me and, and pushed me really to do more. And um, they had, they trusted me. Being around people that poured into me and helped me Linda Dismore was a mentor of mine and taught me numerous things about women's ministries, which is one of my loves for ministry. Um, I think a woman can do anything that that God leads her to. He's going to he's going to bring you through that. And I have some women that, oh, well, I just, I don't know whether I can do this. I I can't get through this. I can't do this. Yes, you can. God will make a way for you to do that. Whatever you think the obstacle is, he's going to bring you through that. If he's got a calling on your life and wants you to be involved in, and my thing is, is being in ministry because of credentialing, because that's what their purpose is. But he's he's going to equip you for that. And through the Oklahoma School of Ministry or AG Universities, there's numerous ways now. There there wasn't the online offering that so many schools have now. So you can go to the Oklahoma School of Ministry. You can go online to various schools, various universities, and get the education that you need. So it's it's not as difficult as women may think it is. It's it been interesting because we see a lot of women receiving credentials now, a lot more than what it used to be. It's usually about half and half women. We had six couples in our ordination class this year, which was so exciting because you see them. And, you know, a wife of, of a, a minister or if he's married to a woman that's in ministry, you're in that together. It's not just one or the other, because if it's one or the other, it's going to be a very, very rocky road. So to see them come in together was just the highlight of the evening for me. So, okay, last question. What would you ladies say to the husband of a woman who maybe feels a call of God to become credentialed? I can say... He needs to be supportive. My husband was very supportive. He wasn't involved in, his thought wasn't getting credentialed, but he knew mine was. And so he was very supportive. So I think if if you're married to someone that has that calling on their life and they want to be credentialed, support them. Get behind them, encourage them. You know, you can prepare a meal now and then. You can do some dishes, whatever it might take to make sure that she has or he has time to study. It works both ways, really. Sherry? About the same thought. I mean, 
because my spouse is not. Mm-hmm. My spouse is, is a layperson. He, he's a businessman, but he's highly supportive of me because the thing about it is, is that we're, we're both called. We're just called differently. Mm-hmm. And so if you can't support each other, then it's the same as being unevenly yoked. And so at some point, you know, you have to learn to do that. And, um, and I think a lot of it is that you it has to be a lot of prayer. And I mean, and also just don't, it's, it's like every decision in a marriage life. It's not, it's not just about you. It's always going to be about two. So before you even start the process, it's, it's like, it's like if a person's going into ministry, they need to be prayed up, you know, and, and ready to do it, but they also have to have their spouse on board. Otherwise you're going to have conflict. And so, and that will cause more troubles. But usually if you go to that person and you say, look, I feel the call, call of God, please pray about it and then seek it, it together, even though only one is being credentialed. Well, he was always extremely encouraging to me. Very encouraging. You know, he say, you, you can do this. You need to do this. You know, and his ministry was greeting. I love that, though. That's just, that's that's so wholesome that I'm, I'm like, over here dying. Like, <laughs> yes! It's like, it's so cute. It's so beautiful. Like, we love supportive marriages that are rooted in the Holy Spirit. Like, yes. Well, Finley, if they aren't, and like Sherry said, it will create problems. And I can't tell you the number that I have seen. And even through the credentialing process, but through my own personal life, where we've had a pastor and his wife has decided, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And we'll quit going to church, quit supporting, and they ended up divorced. So it does create strong problems for the marriage. You've got to be supportive of each other. I mean, that's just like whatever the other one's doing. You've got to be supportive. That's part of marriage. That's part of being a couple being concerned about each other and helping each other. You're a dual. You're a dual. You're not single because you, you, you're, you become one. Yes. So in all things that you do, it has to be in that mentality. You can't just like, this is what you can't go to the spouse and say, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's, that's not about God and that's not God's calling. Mm -hmm. God's calling is never to use his, his work to separate and divide a marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, That is, it's never been his calling. If he's calling you, he's going to bring that spouse alongside you to, to help support you because that's what marriage is and everything that you do you're supposed to be supportive 50-50. Right. His, because your husband could be going a different direction, but even if he's going a different direction, where's the spouse supposed to be? They're supposed to be together. Because if they're not, they're always going to, they're going to be a wide divide. And like, like now in my part of my life, I'm getting ready to be an empty nester. So I'm not having a problem because my husband and I are still side by side. So going going empty nest is not going to be hard because I'm not feeling like, I'm missing something because I still have something further to go. I'm just in the next adventure. So I like it. Well, thank you ladies for your wisdom. Thank you for your laughter. (laughs) And thank you so much for everything that you do for this district that you've done for me personally. Your work is not unseen and it is very much appreciated. Mm -hmm. So if you don't mind, I will pray us out and then we will have a great day. All right. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for 
the call. God, we thank you for loving us enough to want to want us to be a part of your plan, Jesus. We thank you so much for giving us the ability to be part of your plan, God, for the, giving us the ability to learn about you, to learn about your spirit, Jesus, to be empowered by you, Lord my God. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the empowerment that comes along with him, God, and the grace and the mercy that follows us each day, Jesus. I pray blessings over Sherry and over Dina, Jesus, that they would go forth knowing that they are loved and that they are appreciated, Jesus, and that the call that you place in their lives is beautiful and that it has impacted so many countless men and women for the better, Jesus. We thank you so much for today, God. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, Sherry and Dina. Don't forget to follow us online, Instagram at NWM Oklahoma and Facebook, the Oklahoma Network of Women Ministers. I'm as always your host, Finley Baxter. I hope you all have a great day.